This is Expert Insights, Physician Views and News, a podcast with the nationally recognized physicians at the Christ Hospital Health Network. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Many hand surgeons are moving away from traditional surgery to an approach that utilizes wide-awake local anesthesia. The goal of anesthesia for procedures involving the upper extremity is to provide the most comfortable and safe experience for the patient during surgery, and various options are available, each of which have particular benefits and risks. My guest today is Dr. Noah Sheftel. He's an orthopedic surgeon specializing in hand and upper extremity surgery with the Christ Hospital Health Network. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sheftel. Tell us a little bit about the evolution of hand surgery. Has this been around a while? So hand surgery really came into its its own after World War II. Prior to that, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on treatment for the hand. And as the veterans returned from World War II with horrific hand injuries, a gentleman by the name of uh, Sterling Bunnell was sort of the first hand surgeon to address this and actually he set up several focused hand centers around the country for the military with the sole focus of treating the people coming home from war. Over the last 60, 70 years now, developed a what's called the American Society for Surgery of the Hand, which is our big national organization, and has become a significant subspecialty in, in orthopedics in terms of uh, really truly focused around treating the hand and upper extremity. So explain a little bit about common reasons for hand and wrist procedures. What are you seeing today? So the most common things that hand surgeons typically see in their office are things related to carpal tunnel syndrome or trigger fingers. Those are probably the two most common diagnoses, although we treat a wide variety of of problems from fractures in the hand and wrist uh, to ligament injuries to tendon uh, and uh, nerve lacerations, um, uh, pretty much anything that falls into the, the hand or upper extremity um, lies within, the, within our subspecialty field. So give us some examples of the surgeries that can be performed under local anesthetic. Uh, the, the most common ones uh, continue to be the things that we see the most. So, for instance, carpal tunnel syndrome or trigger fingers or something called de veins releases. These are all uh, surgeries that in the past have been done with either a general anesthetic or uh, a local anesthetic with sedation. Um, but now, uh, more and more frequently, we're just doing under a local anesthetic. Um, and and that, that applies to things like tendon repairs. It applies to things like fractures in the fingers. Um, and then uh, mass excisions and other uh, commonly seen diagnoses in the hand. So, doctor, just because these surgeries you're mentioning can be performed under local anesthetic, does it mean they should necessarily be performed that way? So they, they absolutely don't have to be. Uh, for a long, long time, uh, none of these procedures were done under local anesthetics. And recently, probably over the last five to 10 years or so, uh, doing more and more things under local anesthetic has been popularized in the United States, l- largely uh, by the Canadian experience. Um, a Canadian uh, hand surgeon named Don Lalonde has uh, quite a series of doing a lot of these types of procedures under local anesthetic, and it's brought it to the United States and started presenting at some of our meetings, and it's really uh, taken off. Um, and in my mind, the real reason that uh, the reason to do things under a local anesthetic is, number one, uh, it's safest for the patient. So even very sick patients, patients who take blood thinners, um, who previously would have been an anesthetic risk, um, can safely have their surgery under local anesthetic uh, in a situation which is really no different than if you were to go to the dentist, let's say, to have a procedure. So it's by far it's the safest. Uh, number two, uh, patients uh, tend to like it. They're awake and can uh, chit-chat with you during the surgery. Um, 
um, but they don't have the grogginess or the uh, nausea and, and vomiting they, that they can have after sedation or general anesthesia. Um, and so that's a big bonus. Patients love the fact that they don't have to be fasting for surgery, um, <clears throat> that they can leave, uh, literally change their clothes and leave right after the surgery, that they sometimes can drive themselves to and from surgery without having anybody else with them. I mean, it really makes for a very efficient, smooth uh, patient experience. Um, the last part of it, especially nowadays when, when uh, people are uh, very cost conscious or, or very cognizant of what, what they're uh, responsible for in their medical bills, is that it doesn't require a clearance visit with their primary care doctor and the copay associated with that. It doesn't require any charges for an anesthesia team with an anesthesiologist or the anesthesia to actually be administered. And so it actually has brought costs down as well in terms of uh, what types of bills the patients are seeing after these surgeries. So from a cost standpoint, from a convenience standpoint, uh, and certainly from a safety standpoint, uh, uh, is, is certainly the easiest uh, way to do it. Are there any disadvantages or clinical contraindications for use of local? So not very commonly. The medication we typically use is called lidocaine with epinephrine. The lidocaine is the numbing portion of the medication, and the epinephrine is a vasoconstricting or blood vessel constricting part of the medication that allows us to do the surgery without using a tourniquet. Allergies to, to either of those medications are exceedingly, exceedingly rare, and, and those medications have a long, well-documented history of being uh, safe in just about everybody. The only times that we ever worry are very uh, fragile patients from a cardiac standpoint, although most of them can certainly tolerate the amount of uh, medication that we're giving them. But really, other than that, most patients tolerate it very well without significant allergy. Um, and really, there, there are very few exceptions to folks who can actually have local anesthetic. Is there an issue regarding the metabolism of local anesthetic? Not typically. The uh, medication we use for this typically lasts for about three to five hours, although although the, the actual uh, concentrations uh, in the blood are, are, are fairly low, but most folks don't have any issues with metabolism of it. There are occasionally people who seem to have difficulty getting numb, and people have expressed that to me in the past in terms of when they go to the dentist, they have difficulty with being numbed up or, or things along those lines. But But the fact of the matter is that Folks who really can't be numbed up with this medication, it's exceedingly rare and only present in case reports in the medical literature. So most people tolerate it well without any significant uh, difficulties. The most common side effect of the medication is people just feeling a little bit jittery for a while, sort of like drinking a cup of coffee. But otherwise, it's, it's very well tolerated. Are you using the Wallant approach? Yes. So the Wallant was the is the the acronym that, that the gentleman from Canada had uh, had put together. It stands for Wide Awake Local Anesthesia with No Tourniquet, um, and that's uh, been sort of the the technique that's been uh, starting to become popular in the United States now. And so that's really increased the number that you can do in the same amount of time. Yes, with the less cost, as you mentioned earlier. Correct. I mean, in the operating room, we don't have to wait, you know, for the patient to, to be put under a general anesthetic or sedation. We, so we don't have the time of sort of waking up and going to sleep for surgery. The, the, the patients, we usually numb them up about 20 to 30 minutes before their surgery. They come in for surgery uh, and then go home. They don't have to spend much time in the recovery room waking up or dealing with nausea. And so it really has streamlined the way we do surgery. And where do you perform these types of procedures? What locations are you available? So we, we typically perform these procedures at our surgery center on an outpatient basis. The vast, vast, vast majority of pan-surgical cases can be done in an outpatient setting without the need for an inpatient stay. And so that's where I'd say probably 95% of my cases are done in, a, in an outpatient surgery center. 
So in summary, doctor, tell other physicians what you'd like them to know about using local anesthesia for hand and wrist procedures and when to refer to a specialist. Absolutely. I think it's revolutionizing the practice of hand surgery. It certainly has done so in Canada, but it's it's starting to in the United States and certainly allows us to operate on folks who are much more critically ill or sick uh, without the typical risk associated with anesthesia. For all the reasons we discussed previously, it, it makes it easier on the patient, it makes it easier on the surgeon, and I think everybody is happier. You know, the the, the real uh, time to refer to a hand specialist or, or for folks who have hand or wrist or upper extremity problems that aren't getting better with typical conservative management options, and certainly that's the time that, that referral is appropriate. But I think even for patients we previously thought wouldn't be able to tolerate surgery, This is certainly a way that allows them to have surgery that they need without introducing the risk that we previously had with anesthesia. And what can a physician expect from your team at the Christ Hospital Health Network after referral insofar as communication with the referring physician and your team approach? Sure. So everybody, uh, when they're seen in in the office here, uh, every physician gets a letter reviewing what we discussed in the office and what the treatment plan is. So that gets sent out at every visit to the referring physician. If they have certainly, if they have any concerns, certainly encourage them to voice it. And otherwise, we have a very streamlined approach to, to getting people in, taking good care of them, and, and if they need surgery, making sure that they have a good uh, surgical experience. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Expert Insights, Physician Views and News with the Christ Hospital Health Network. For more information on Dr. Sheftel and all of the Christ Hospital physicians, you can go to tchpconnect.org. That's tchpconnect.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.